0: All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. Who you got in Super Bowl 57? We work our way towards that. We will talk to Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus from Radio Row, our man Super Bowl Stew, getting it set up there, getting it done. Stew's at the Super Bowl once again. Check out hornfm.com, at the Horn ATX on your socials. Uh, You got the Super Bowl. You got the Waste Management event. We got a couple of of our other guys that are headed out there as well. Our man Derek from the Flex Crew, cross your fingers, he might be headed out there and get to go to the Waste Management and maybe get to go to the Super Bowl. How about that? Okay. That's kind of what happens when you got a family member in the ticket business. Ah. I'll let y'all figure that one out on your own. But that's what can happen sometimes. Uh, we hope they are able to get there. It is truly a unique experience. And I told Derek today, if they stay for the game, it's a really unique experience. Because everybody we talk to, say that covers the game, 98% of them leave. Like Friday or Saturday. So Brandon Lang, he's going to join us on Thursday. He's getting out. He's not staying for that game. Most people that cover it. They'll go all the way through Radio Row. They'll wrap it all up on Friday, and they will get out of town. So actually going to the game, that's a little bit unique in uh, this day and age, when, especially when it comes to kind of a media side of it.
1: Yeah, most people got rent to pay and other responsibilities, and sometimes exactly. that game on Sunday that's only about five hours
0: mm, Yeah, might not be worth it. Oh, I'm just going to tell you the truth now and pull the curtain back a little bit. <laughs> It's just too damn expensive for the station to take shows there. Oh, I'm but, with you. But Stu calls up and goes, hey, um, I'm going to go again. I'm going to go, Okay. If you can set us up some interviews, let me know. Oh, Stu, so clutch for that. Yeah, no, that's how it works. So uh, we'll get uh, we we'll get Sam on here in a little bit. We got big stories Longhorn wise today. Of course, you got Texas losing to Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, eighty-eight to eighty. We've been getting people's thoughts on that. Also, Texas gets the big recruiting flip they were looking for. Man, it has just been the flip. The flip class for Texas. Uh, a flip from a and a flip from Oklahoma, now a flip from TCU. That's so n- what I'm talking about. Nice little group you're putting together there, Zay.
1: It is. And with TCU's success, I mean, they're not really a rival, but football-wise, uh, about as close as you're going to get with them going to the Big 12 championship and them going to the national championship. They are a little bit of a rival, especially when it comes to recruiting. So having yep. Warren Roberson— Make that flip out of Red Oak, big
0: time. Yeah, I mean, flat out, the one thing you can say for sure, I mean, TCU's just playing better ball right now. Yeah. Are they more talented? Probably not, if you want to make those scores and put all the stars together. But are they playing better football? Do they have a better football culture right now? Yes, they do. So that is a nice little win uh, for Texas. Uh, getting the kid out of Red Oak. Shout out to those Red Oak Hawks. I haven't said that yet. They are the Red Oak Hawks, by the way. Uh, and they did used to be in our uh, – they were – by the way, you were at, they were in our district. Because I know we played them in tennis and stuff all the time. They were there. Okay. They were right there. They were just a little – we were just glad to have something smaller than Hatchy to talk about. Right. Because like, Innocent Waxahachie with the big rivals and – Y'all must have
1: uh, whooped their ass on the red. Because when I asked you this yesterday, you are like, nah, I ain't even on the –
0: Level, well, So if you don't remember back then, they definitely were not football and some of the other sports. We we handled them in tennis too. I don't think Red Oak <laughs> ever got us on the tennis court. I think we were fine.
1: How far did y'all go in tennis?
0: Um, we weren't terrific. One year we won like we won second in the district as a, like for the whole team, and then I won district doubles two years in a row. Nice. Yeah.
1: Were you first team all-district, all-district team? Do they have that? Ooh, I
0: don't know if they did that in tennis. They probably did. Yeah, they probably didn't. I'd like to think yes. I'd like to think yes, but I have no clue. But yeah, we went back-to-back we went back in district and then went to regionals and realized, oh, Okay, well, we're just good at the district level. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to y'all at state. <laughs> we we face some teams at regionals now. We'd go up to Denton, get to hang out at North Texas, and just get smoked on the court and have to shake hands and say, hey, good luck in Austin.
1: Did you rock the headband like Agassi did when he had his mullet?
0: Nah, no headband. I couldn't do a headband, couldn't do a hat. I just let the thick hair and mullet protect me. Why couldn't you do the hat? It just bugged me. It, but there was enough trouble with like my... Did
1: you have the Agassi kicks, though?
0: I had the Agassi kicks, but I couldn't do the Agassi headband or the any hats or anything because there was enough going on with my serve where I didn't need any other uh, distractions. yeah, there
1: we go. Which okay,
0: is, We had issues on issues. I respect that. Back in those days. All right, so um, let's get you a flex segment here since we're talking to Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus a little later on. Zay's got a basketball game to call tonight. We'll hit that right here. Let's go. Flex ATX, for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All righty. We've had a couple situations where we had the, the game Zay is doing and the Texas game on the same night. Thank goodness we don't have that again. We had a nice big Monday for Texas. Obviously, they didn't get that done. But now, Zay, everybody can focus in on your game tonight with Westlake and Buta Johnson right over here at the Westlake Gym. Have you been in the Westlake Gym before? Do they let you in there? Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't
1: because – Back in 08, I gave them a nice twenty piece and mm. pulled kind of a coach Terry Horns comeback. We were down by fifteen and I hit like three straight threes. One of the highlights of my moments.
0: Not that you remember high school.
1: Yeah, I don't remember too much <laughs> from it, but you know, they shouldn't let me back in. Okay. But on the real, it's gonna be a fun one tonight. Both teams are fighting for that number one spot. I know. Westlake and, like Travis, are sitting at number two. Buda Johnson only has one loss, while those other two teams have two losses. Westlake played last night against my dogs, and they won, unfortunately. But they got another one tonight against Johnson, and we'll see Buda Johnson playing last week. And with all this rescheduling, with the weather and whatnot, will that affect a team like Westlake, who played last night, as good as Westlake is, you're playing against the number one team in the district, twenty six six A at the moment, and you know Butler Johnson. They got a squad. They're young, but they're very talented. Jackson Vandegar, number four. He was first-team All-District as a sophomore last year. Probably be first-team All-District this year. He could really go. Great ball handling. Not the quickest guy, but he will light it up. And then their bigs are very versatile, very athletic. Quentin Harrison, number 35. He might be the most versatile player in Central Texas. The things that he could do. Put the ball on the deck. He could shoot from the outside. He's really good in the lane. Sam McKinney, number three, who's a junior. He's very bouncy. Reminds me a little bit of Luke Axtell, because hmm. he's just very athletic and really skilled around 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so those three guys, they're tough to deal with, and they give a lot of teams problems, and it's a big reason why they're leading this district 26-6A. But Westlake, you know, Gavin Paul, he can really shoot it. I think he got hosed when I saw them against Lake Travis. Me and Roger Wallace had them a couple of weeks ago. Y'all should know. We talked about it, but But last play of the game, he got fouled. They didn't call it.
0: I'm I'm not a ref by trade like you. I'm not the greatest ref in Central Texas like you are. That was a foul. That was a foul.
1: That was a foul. Was a foul. Yep. So they want some redemption on that, playing a good team like Buda Johnson. And then Blake Mary. he missed a couple of big free throws in that game. He had a really big game last night against Bowie. Had a really good game against Austin High last week. He's looking to get those Shaps right back on top because they're not used to being in second and third place. Coach Lucero, he ain't used to that. We saw a couple of his players play last night on Big Monday, Brock Cunningham and K.J. Adams. They always got good players, always. So Mm -hmm. this might be the first time in a long time they don't win district. We saw them lose that 86-game winning streak a couple of weeks ago in district play. So I'm excited about tonight. You know, me and Roger, we're going to be ready. It's going to be fun, and playoffs is right around the
0: corner. Yeah, it's crazy how fast the season's rolling. Uh, Just almost there. By the way, it's KBVO and Roger and uh, Zay will be there. So uh, you'll see those guys. They'll do a little stand-up for you at the beginning, get you set up for the game, and you might see Westlake fans behind them taunting Zay. That's all right. But they'll have security there. That's be, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll
1: be fine. Be I'll take it.
0: No problem. No problem.
1: I deserve it. Um, I let them up back in the day. Yeah, I deserve it.
0: They still remember stuff. They like still that. remember. They yeah. should. They have not put that banner up that you've asked for. Mm, mm, I got to get that,
1: with Coach Lucero on that.
0: Because as Coach Lucero <laughs> and others have told you, that's not how banners work. <laughs> <laughs> Zay has sent them designs for this great, like, black and red with a big old B on it. No, yeah. that, that's not going in our gym, I should Zay. be
1: right by Chris Mem and Brad Buckman. That is not
0: how it right works. Right there. Right no. by
1: Chris Mem being a Parade All-American no. and Brad Buckman being McDonald's All-American. They got the, both of those guys' jerseys hung up. I should be right there with what I used to do to the chaparrales back in my day.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, also here in the Flex segment, let's get you a quick Flex uh, detail of the week. The Wednesday night Flex show is not going to be happening at 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. We're going to need to move that this week because we are moving things around with the signal issues we've had thanks to you know fall, all the, the, the weather stuff and falling branches and all the things and, and the damage that's been done. We're trying to make sure we can clear all the UT stuff and get the games where they need to be. So the Texas women's game tomorrow night is going to be right here on the Horn, so Wednesday night Flex, we don't want to push it too late into the night uh, because uh, obviously uh, we've got high school athletes as guests and there's a high school discussion and we want everybody to be able to enjoy that. So right now we're looking at possibly Thursday at 8, so put that in your brain uh, right now in pencil. Thursday at 8 for the Flex show. Wednesday night Flex maybe moving to Thursday this week right after Longhorn Weekly with Coach Terry. So uh, we will do that on a rearrange. Uh, A lot of other things going on. We're going to get a little football uh, talk coming up with uh, Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. The other thing, we'll mention this a little bit later on, but remember tonight, if you are interested in this LeBron James chasing Kareem story, he's 35 away. So if you've been wondering where's that number tonight, they host Oklahoma City, 9 o'clock TNT late game. Watch Zay and the high school game. On KBVO, then turn it over to TNT, LeBron needs 35 to tie, 36 to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: Yeah, but we don't consider him a scorer, though. He's not a scorer, even though he's averaged 27 in game for 20 straight years, but whatever. I think it's crazy. About to break the record for
0: Kareem, but whatever. We need to talk about this later on. It's amazing to me that these are the two guys on top of the list. If you really sit back and look at who they are on the floor, what is required for them to score on the floor, all that kind of stuff, it's wild that they're at the top. It's wild that it's these two guys. As much as LeBron can share and do everything you need him to do, but as much as Kareem needed others to help him, Kareem couldn't bring the ball up the floor. No. He wasn't that guy. He needed to be the typical, that stereotypical center, head down to the block and let Magic or somebody help him out. The idea that he's on top and LeBron is about to pass him, it's crazy. Just two of the most unique weapons we've seen in the NBA.
1: Yeah. And Kareem, that skyhook was deadly for 30 some years. I say 30 because he was a high school great. Then he went on to. UCLA for John Wooden was great there. Jump hook and then went. Milwaukee Bucks had a couple of weird years with uh, uh, the Lakers. And then once they drafted Magic Johnson, his career just skyrocketed. So, yeah, you're right. They just both did it in different ways. And, you know, it's funny you say that because a big reason why Magic and Kareem, they kind of cancel each other out for me. when We talk about greatest of all time Hmm. and where they should rank and how I have, you know, LeBron in front of magic like i have jordan lebron then i have magic and kareem right there
0: so you're saying you give points off to kareem and magic because they had each other they both had each other yeah
1: like if i'm kareem okay i have the greatest passer of all time arguably the greatest passer of all time diamond me up which is why i'm scoring so easily if i have magic on that side I got Kareem throwing up the sky hook. That's six assists. Easy, just feeding the post. Me and you get six assists. Right. I throw it to Kareem. He throws the sky hook up before doesn't even have to take a dribble. That's an assist.
0: So my numbers are affected. Oh, your numbers are yeah. easily affected, player. He is. Yeah. Kareem
1: Abdul Jabbar. So both of those guys cancel each other out, but yeah, they're amazing. And that's why those 80s Lakers teams were legendary. Yeah, but
0: I could still make the argument because sometimes when you go down that road in a way, you're saying anybody could have been those guys, but when you talk about how unique Magic's passing was and how unique the skyhook was, that's where you got to give them their oh, specific yeah, I, love.
1: Oh yeah, right. If, if I'm making Kurt Rambis a threat, then you're special, like Magic. Like we have to worry about Kurt Rambis making backdoor uh, cuts and you know fast break points and stuff. Yeah, Magic's pretty damn good. Absolutely,
0: that should be in the Hall of Fame acceptance speech for somebody. Dude, we made Rambus a threat. (laughs) Mic drop. That's all I'm saying. All right. There is your flex segment. We'll move it around today because we got a guest coming up from Radio Row. Cross your fingers because I'm sure he's in demand today. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. His thoughts on the game, his pick on the game, and some other issues around football. Maybe we'll get his thoughts on the Cowboys' future with this change on the offensive side of the ball in terms of coaching. All that coming, and the defensive side of the ball, and the fact that Quinn is staying. All of that coming up with. Uh, with our man Super Bowl Stu and Sam Monson from Radio Row. So stay with us. It is Tuesday before the big game here on The Horn. on a Tuesday alright I'll admit though I don't absolutely recognize it what's the name of the song say turn your head around turn your head around huh turn your head around the only thing that popped in my head was like really early Iron Maiden but that's about all I got no who? Tank who Tank. Tank yeah Tank Good, tough name. T-A-N-K. All right. Tank, speaking of tough. Barbara Streisand and Def Leppard have all been a part of the show today. We appreciate you hanging out with us today. It is Super Bowl week. We're getting ready for Super Bowl 57. Coming up here Radio Row style. Our man Super Bowl Stew is once again on Radio Row. We're living vicariously through him and trying to get you stuff at hornfm.com. We'll be getting interviews posted throughout the week. Hopefully we'll talk to Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell on Thursday. He's trying to run Rondé Barber down for us at some point and he got a Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Zay, we we haven't talked about it yet but the historic you know element of this game that's being being uh, hit on a lot this week is that two black quarterbacks are starting the quarter uh, starting the quarterback starting the super bowl for the very first time uh give me your we haven't talked give me your thoughts somebody in their 30s uh a black sports fan in their 30s your thoughts on the black quarterback in the super bowl how you see this because obviously your perspective is going to be different than, than mine on this
1: Growing up, I remember just watching certain guys and my mom. She would pay attention to certain players out there, like a uh, Randall Cunningham or donovan McNabb, guys like that Michael Vick, obviously know what Michael Vick did, but she just kept up with guys like that and James Brown to be in University of Texas during the mid nineties too just always following those guys and I I was confused just because I was young and naive. I was like, man, why is she, you know, why are we tracking these guys? Right. Why is this so much more important? And I just never understood until I got older how disrespected the black athlete was when they were trying to play quarterback and what that position meant for all of football. Like, oh, they're not intelligent enough to get the playbook stupid stuff like that mm-hmm. and i i when i was old enough to understand that and my mom and broke it down for me it's just a certain pride now that I take when I see guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurst, even Kyler Murray. I know I talk about him and dog him, but I am prideful of Kyler Murray and what he's been able to do and overcome in his life. Because you are overcoming. You just are. Simple as like people still have that arrogant mindset of all oh, these guys aren't smart enough to t- go play go play running back. Like remember here, people wanted Vince Young to go be a wide receiver at times. Now it, maybe some of it. Was wasn't due to the color of his skin but still that's always going through certain people's mind and mm-hmm. that's just an ignorant way of thinking so this is such a special time and special moment for you know a lot of black americans including myself that just you know that, that there's always had had that out there of okay, you can't do something because the color of your skin. That's nonsense, and I'm glad Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts are representing.
0: Yeah, uh, if you don't know that number, haven't heard it yet. Seven black quarterbacks have started a game in the Super Bowl, so now Jalen Hurts is going to be the eighth, and Patrick Mahomes is attempting to be the first black starting quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. Uh, Russell Wilson should have multiple, but didn't hand the ball off, and. Uh, <laughs> And that's, we'll put that on Pete Carroll. Uh, and then there, you know, been some others that have played in the game. Um, and, and yeah, these two guys, the way they carry themselves, us in the state of Texas, can take pride in them because sure. they both they both played high school ball in the state of Texas. But what I love about them too Zay, is, and you just named a lot of different types of quarterbacks there too. The notion back in the day that a black quarterback was going to play a certain way because he was black. Was just as silly to me as saying the opposite of that, like to saying it about a white quarterback. Like, you don't watch this game enough to know that there's variations. These two guys do it very differently. These two guys are extremely different in that one of them, if you get proper pressure on him, you're probably going to win the game. That's why I'm leaning the Eagles' way. But on the other side of it, even if Kansas City gets a good, you know, good rush, Hertz has a little bit of different weaponry. Than what Patrick Mahomes has, just like Steve Young had a different, you know, different set of weapons than a Troy Aikman. Let's say if you're going to compare to white quarterbacks, for sure. So I love the fact that these guys are helping break down all the silliness because it all throughout my life I always thought it should just be are you good or a bad quarterback. That's it. That is it. Because the first, the first couple quarterbacks I fell in love with. Now I'm a Cowboys fan, so I was taught to worship Roger Staubach right away. But when I noticed those Bucs uniforms, it was Doug Williams wearing it. So I fell in love with him. First Aggie quarterback I fell in love with. Now my first guy would have been Gary Kubiak. First one I really fell for, Kevin Murray. Kevin Murray looks (laughs) so badass in that uniform. I get chills just thinking about how badass he looked in that uni. And so that was my perspective on it. I grew up in a time where as I'm in grade school, single year, you know, single digits of my age, I had – teachers that were black, I had principals that were black, I had friends that were black, and I never thought about the limitations that would be there based on a particular job you're talking about. So, it was Doug and some of those guys. I love him so much, I rooted for him when he was a Redskin in the Super Bowl. I'm a Cowboys fan. I didn't care. I rooted for Doug Williams that day. I wanted him to thrash Denver, and he did, by the way. That was awesome, because I hated that notion that somehow your race would determine if you're good or bad. No, good or bad determines that. Absolutely. I don't care whether you're purple and blinking. If you can throw into an NFL window, they should put you on the roster.
1: Simple as that.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm proud of both of these guys, man. Love the way they carry themselves. I hate, as a Cowboys fan, how much I love Jalen Hurts and the way he carries himself. We've talked about this. Uh, They're incredible to watch. I do think Jalen Hurts is going to get this win uh, in the matchup. So now in our lifetimes, we've seen... Two black head coaches face off when it was Lovey and Dungy, and a guaranteed win for one. And now we're seeing a guaranteed win for a black starting quarterback in the first meeting of two black starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. And hopefully, we get to a point where we're not talking about this stuff as much. But it's history. We got to mention it. You got to talk about it. It's a it's a big part of it that we're we're fifty seven deep. Y'all can do that math. Fifty seven Super Bowls times two. Whatever that number is, there's now going to be eight starting quarterbacks ever that are black. Wow. That's wild to think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to say Dak Prescott's name. Like, Dak Prescott mm-hmm. being a black quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I know that's tough. As much as we ride Dak and say what you want about him, yes, he had the 17 interceptions this season. What he has to go through, Troy Aikman didn't have to go through. Roger Staubach didn't have to go through. Just keep it around. No, people don't want to hear it. It is what it is. Right. It's, it's a fact. They see, just yeah, does a, it. And social media era just
0: does well, it. Well, that too. That's a whole nother level, whether you're black, white, or anything else, to, to deal with that backlash immediately. Yeah. Roger didn't have to walk off the field and deal with that immediately. Neither did Danny. Not even Danny White and Danny dealt with some stuff um, because he couldn't quite get over a certain hump. And then Aikman, at whatever his worst would have been, those bad games, 1-15 in season, he didn't have to go to Twitter no. and see all that mess. But you bring up an interesting point. I don't know. I've always wondered if a certain fan base, or excuse me, a certain type of fan, is there a sort of buried deep down sort of racial way of looking at a guy like Dak or anybody else? Do 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 they really think of them differently? Even if they don't know it, Right? are they thinking of him differently because he's a black quarterback? I try to think of Dak as the quarterback that he is. That's all I try to think about. But – you know there's there's no way of knowing i guess how that really factors in uh, but dak has gone obviously gone through some stuff to be a black starting quarterback at mississippi state <laughs> yeah yeah i always wonder about those guys too anytime a black starting quarterback is down in the deep south at one of those schools i always have that extra thought about mm i wonder if he gets a little extra on social media I wonder if he gets a little extra from those fans
1: Oh, yeah, every time I've been out of town and stuff, my parents always say, especially in Texas, watch these small towns, eh? Oof. Just watch these small towns. eh?" You know, I used to tell my brother that, which is about six years older than me, and I'd be like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I'll, you know, just being the young, naive, and... Not really knowing what was going on. Like, what are they talking about? Then as you get older, you just start to learn things and start to experience things. And like, okay, that's what that's they meant. That's what they're talking that's about. That's why yeah. CC didn't let me take his bins back in the day like I was <laughs> supposed to. That's why it wasn't a hammy though. I get it. Uh, okay. okay. That
0: makes sense. Uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take the break here. We're still waiting for Sam Monson, a pro football focus on uh, media row, a radio row there. We'll push that ahead a little bit. We'll see if if we can fit in where we at in society and see what Zay wants to talk about. We will get to LeBron trying to chase down Kareem, and we'll keep talking Super Bowl 57. A lot going on today. Stay with us. This is The Horn. I felt like the vocal was coming right there. So you just
1: listened to Biggie's first album, right? Correct. You remember this beat on Morning? Who the hell is this? Paging me at 546 oh, in okay. the morning. a Donut. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that's not the song. That was the sample that Diddy used. This is the sample. This is the original.
0: Wow. All right. I do not know what it is, though. Sounds like a great guitar player.
1: Yeah. Shout out to who sent me this on... Twitter. My man Patrick said, Zay, let's have more of this artist for your music leads with Hastings.
0: Okay. Now, this is tough
1: because this guy has a very unique voice that you would get, but I don't know when he comes on (laughs) this song. This is a 12 minute
0: song. Okay. Who we got?
1: Isaac Hayes. Oh, okay.
0: All right. Yeah, that is a unique voice. So it's going to be way down there. Yeah. Way down. Isaac Hayes, that is awesome. Isaac Hayes, Tank, Barbra Streisand, Def Leppard, they've all been a part of the show today. Uh, still waiting on Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. Maybe we can get that at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. That'd be very cool. Uh, right now, let's see what Zay wants to talk about, a little where are we at in society. Here we go.
1: Where are we at in society today?
0: All right, Zay, what do you got for us? All right,
1: Chad, so... Cam and Jacob, thank you guys again for helping me out in that first segment in the first hour. But we briefly talked about this, mm-hmm. and it just came natural because Cam brought this guy up, and this guy's been famous for his quarterback school, Trent Dilfer. Okay. now Yeah, he's the Elite 11 guy, Yeah, the right? Elite yeah. 11 guy, yeah. big time, even though he was decent quarterback at best. I mean, Super Bowl winning quarterback, but we'll, we'll get to that. That's a big part of my point for this topic today. Hey,
0: Ray Lewis has always said that Trent Dilfer carried them to a title. He's always said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he said that on this 30 for 30 documentary where sure. they're talking about we're the best uh, defense ever. What about Trent, though?
0: Who? Sam Adams and Sarah they have always said it was all about Trent Dilfer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nobody remembers. People think that Joe Flacco played for twenty years and has two rings. Nobody thinks about Trent Dilfer. It was
0: Dilfer. He had a good night that night too. Big, big uh, pass across the middle to was it Brandon Stokley? Is about the only play I can remember. Brandon but Stokely. They whipped those Giants like they stowed something. That was like a thirty-five-seven Super Bowl. Man, they killed them. So.
1: I guess on this documentary, it's a 19-second clip going around social media of Trent Dilfer basically saying he's not impressed with this new era of quarterbacks. Mm. He goes, I like Tom Brady, I like Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not impressed with quarterbacks nowadays. They can't get hit, this and that, blah, mm. blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said in that first hour, if Joe Montana says this, cool. Cool. I respect that. Troy Aikman says this. Cool. I respect that. Dan Marino, Steve Young, bet. But Trent Dilfer saying something like this, even if I I get what he's saying and he is saying some things that are right there. They are facts. I I get what he's saying. But Trent, come on, bro. Not you. Not you saying that you don't, don't throw Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' name out there when you're trying to prove this point. Those ain't the guys to say. I I come on, Trent. You better right. than this, bro.
0: So you're okay. So then, for you, the fact that he's associated with Elite Eleven and the sort of development of quarterbacks and Just assessment of quarterbacks, that's
1: cool. You're a, you you deserve to do that. You should do that. You've you've been there and done it. You've played at the highest level. You have won a Super Bowl.
0: But you're saying I, that doesn't give him that doesn't give him the the platform to go where he's going.
1: If he would have not say Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'd still be cool with it. Okay. I still think he'd be a little crazy because he's Trent freaking
0: Dilfer. I see, and he's you're saying he's being a little unrealistic when he's putting those two guys up against everybody else.
1: No, I'm saying that the fact that you have the nerve to say, okay, yes, it's an easier game from when you played, but don't put those guys in the conversation. I see. Okay, like that's what he does. That's what he says. He says, I love Tom Brady and Aaron Ryan. Let's see. I got the audio here. Let's see if it's loud enough to play before I have to edit it. But let's see how it goes. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. not. Okay. No. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, that's uh, that. that, that is interesting. Yeah, Trent's one of those guys that he certainly falls in that category of, yes, he's a quarterback that won a Super Bowl, but nobody's ever going to put Trent Dilfer up on any kind of you know pedestal there. Our man Chris Bennett reminds us, remember Tony Banks started the season in 2000 for the Ravens. Dilfer replaced Banks midseason. I'd forgotten about that. Wow. Tony Banks. I haven't thought of Tony Banks in years. So he was basically like
1: Max Duggan. Tony Banks. Man. he's basically like Max freaking Duggan. And look, man, I get what he's saying. He I, I get what he's I get what he's trying to say with the way you can't hit nobody when you're playing in the secondary and you're playing in the corner, you can't touch nobody or it's a flag. Right. So I, I get what he's saying, but come on, man. I just
0: don't know how you couldn't be impressed with something in this league other than those two guys. <laughs> right? Like, I mean how many games are you watching? There's a lot of of stuff that now we've seen some regression and some some confusion with a couple guys like what's happened to Russell Wilson the last year or so. Hopefully he can figure that out and Sean Payton can help him figure out what's going on there. But uh, yeah, in terms of the officiating part, I get what he's saying, but I get what you're saying too. It's a tough one. It's a tough one when a name like Dilfer starts saying names like Brady and Rogers. Trent, people are going to flip out
1: have some respect, I get it, you're with your boys, we're chopping-ish, you know, it was yeah. kind of, where he did it, it was weird, because I guess they, you know, that 2000 team, I guess they did their interviews on like, a, in a theater, to where okay. they were on stage, like Ray Lewis, and Dilfer, and Shannon Sharp, I think, they were on stage, and they had like an audience listening to their conversations oh, okay. when they did that, so when he said it, they got, like, he basically got a standing ovation. Oh my like, good really? grief,
0: y'all! But, but is that because the crowd is just taking that comment as a they've gotten too soft in officiating? Did they just take it as that, like they've gotten too soft, and and they're not allowing these quarterbacks to do what they could really do? Like was he dogging the league more than he was dogging the guys? Is that how they took it? Maybe. Yeah, he was dogging the league
1: more than he was dogging yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. But those names shouldn't have came up. Those were the wrong names to say with I the see. career that he had compared to those two? Yeah. Come on. That that's just so disrespectful.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one, man. It's a t- it's a tough one when you have been he, he's cuz he's way he's in that world between where, you know, us kind of folks are that talk about sports and where Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are. Cuz I'm at one end of that spectrum, they're at the other, and somewhere in the middle is Trent Dilfer. He has certainly got way more right to say stuff like that than I do, for sure. In terms of playing the game, but I get what you're saying because if you play it at a certain level and you don't quite play it at that level, and then you start naming those names, then it gets uh, gets a little bit tough. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I'd have to hear the the full context of how I'm breaking it, was, it down of how it was said. I'm but,
1: about to break it
0: down. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. One that people are are getting on on Trent. Trent's. Those guys have always been fascinating to me because clearly they're not, they weren't elite quarterbacks when they played, but then they get involved in, in broadcasting, they get involved in breaking things down, and it does get, like when a Dan Arlovsky starts breaking quarterbacks down, I wonder if people hear, hear some of those similar things where it's like, whoa, easy, Dan. You're not allowed to talk about certain things because we know what your career was. Let's be real about this. Like I really feel like those guys sometimes get hampered by that. Where there is a limitation to what they're allowed to say. True. So uh, Trent Dilfer, interesting, getting himself in uh, maybe a little bit of hot water there. Certainly in the hot water with Zay. Where are we at in society? We do it every day. About one forty-five. All right. We will hope that we get Sam Monson. Coming All right. Up. Are you
1: ready for the Dilfer audio? I uh, got
0: it. Yeah, you got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. Let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. Let me hear. Let me hear Trent. Modern day game does. not oh. Oh, oh. super. Modern day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback and when you can't
1: reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom
0: Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did.
1: So he's basically trying to hype up oh. his, his defense.
0: Oh, 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 oh. 2,000 okay. defense. Right. Okay. I, okay, I see. But the way I'm hearing that, Zay, is he's putting Tom Brady – and Aaron Rodgers into the group of now, what I heard was, look, I'm not saying anything bad about Brady or Rodgers. It's impressive what, it, it's impressive what they do, but I'm not overly impressed with it. I thought he was putting them into the category with everybody else because he's saying you can't hit Aaron Rodgers, you can't hit Tom Brady, and you can't redirect their receivers. They have it easier at the end of their career here than I would have had it back in the day, than these guys, my defense made it tough for people. That's how I heard it. That's why the I think that's why the crowd yelled. They took it as a old school versus new school. Oh yeah, that's what you're trying to say. But I don't think he was trying to put Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in a different category. I think he was trying to I think in a way he was sort of qualifying them and why they've been able to go as long as they have because they do have these different rules that apply. That's kind of how I heard it.
1: Uh, either way, Sound a little disrespectful
0: to me. Either way, you got yeah, to be, be careful. Yeah, you
1: got to be careful, Trent. I get it. Those are your boys. You love them. They got you a ring.
0: The main thing he's trying to do there is he's trying to be able to walk out of that room without those defensive players being mad at him. Yeah. So he just needs to talk defensive well, football. He did there. that. He definitely did that. That 2000 Ravens team was big time. They've got the documentary out right now. Um, where did you tell me that was? That's at ESPN? ESPN. 30 for 30? 30. 30 for 30. If you it might go- just
1: be the ESPN Plus, though.
0: Yes. Go check it on the app. Um, and that is is good. All right, so we're told. Uh, let me see. Let's. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask if uh, Mr. Sam can do 205 with us because Sam Monson is about. We might get
1: him right at two. Right at two. Yeah, we might get do him right at two.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take the break now. He may be walking over now. We'll take the break now. Hopefully, Sam Monson, a pro football focus coming up, and we'll talk some Super Bowl with him. Stick with us. It's the Horn.